Welcome back to part two of the Parker Bratton interview with Enjoy the Walk podcast, guys. Um, happy to have you guys back and tune in for this part two episode where we really get into the thick of things of the conversations that I think, you know, and Dante as well believes that we need to start having uh, within the game of golf. Um, and that's how are we bringing uh, kids of all different nationalities uh, into the game and how are we making this game easy, easier for them to pick up and, and start at an earlier age um, and start competing in our earlier age and and start earning those scholarships and so uh we get into that with parker bratton here and and i really think it uh it led to a lot of really insightful information of what he sees on a daily basis working with the kids in inner city baltimore um and the kind of things they provide at the first year of baltimore that a lot of other chapters just don't provide uh via their demographics so hope you guys enjoy the second part of this interview and thanks again for listening How can we change not only these kids' lives, but start changing the narrative, I think, of society in general, um, of, you know, inner city Baltimore and, and make just, I think, everything more attainable for everyone. Make it all inclusive, because I think that's kind of been put on the spotlight lately is how can how can we make, you know, everything all inclusive and not so you know, white and black per se, as I think, you know, it needs to be said is, you know, how can we start kind of blending that to make it all inclusive? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I think the cool thing about the first C is when you see our kids, um, you know, they're, it's every race. Um, it's, it's a lot of different um, socioeconomic backgrounds and parental structures and, um, and just like, you know, some kids live with their, their grandparents um, you know, some kids have two parents, some kids have one. And, um, and just because you have one parent doesn't mean that that parent isn't doing like a damn good job. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, we have, you know, we have a lot of different, uh, our program looks very diverse and it's something that, um, I think we're very proud of. Um, and I think that's the point of it all. Right. Um, you know, I think while, um, as someone who, you know, I, I, I just, I, you know, I, I certainly, if it came down to it for me, like if, if, if I can change, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I definitely see in, in Baltimore, we have a really great opportunity, especially with where our courses are located um, to really impact a lot of like black kids lives. Um, and I think that's something that, um, that I, I get like, it's not that I don't enjoy helping out other kids. It's like, that's kind of especially in this climate today it's like those those kids whether they're black boys or black girls like that population is often um you know they're just they're really set up in baltimore to not have success i think a lot and while i don't want to just help them um i i, I want to help everyone and and i think that we are doing that um but you know i, I think when it comes down to it like we we all know that changing the trajectory isn't it's not helping someone that already has like that foundation. Mm -hmm. um, it's helping someone that like doesn't have a foundation at all. Um, but you can't do that alone, you know, and, and those, and those kids need to see that, um, that they're just like other kids. Like it's not that this isn't just like a, a, a program for poor black kids. Mm -hmm. It's a program for everyone. And it's a program to give all these kids access to not only golf, but to each other. Because at the end of the day, like, 
Yeah, they're, they'll they'll remember me, uh, and they'll remember you know all these people that they've they've always played golf with. But you know, when it comes down to it, like they're you know they're and I hope the way I hope it it, it is that they they all have each other and like and that they you know hit each other up when they're forty years old. They like go play golf and and whether they live in different cities or not, like it's it's something that um, is really showing what you know whether it's it's my prerogative to get more black kids into golf um you know it's 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 showing that we we can we can hit on every single group here and and i think that that's like the important thing and it's and it's great because we have indian families and we have asian families um and we have you know we have a ton of white families and black families and um and and while you know it's it's great to have are you know these kids that come from you know difficult situations like at caves valley like it's it's beautiful to see that um it's also great to see like all these different kids um you know at our metro tour events like come up from dc and like see the diversity in their programs and then they're all like you know at places like forest park where um you know frankly like forest park is somewhere that it's um it's not you know it's for Baltimore Muni, it's like it's definitely my favorite one, I think. And um, and it's not, you know, it's not perfect, um, but it's it's a course that you know is largely, you know, almost everyone out, not almost everyone, but a lot of the people that are there are are black men. And and while it's great that I see those guys out there as well, like I want to see all different types of people there because it's not pushing anything along to have four black guys playing together and then four white guys playing together. It's like it's moving the culture forward when you get those mixtures of everyone together. And, and I think that's where like, you know, you step up to the first tee and, um, and not that, you know, not that I think people are, um, I don't know. I think, I think you always have some kind of preconceived notion. I know like me being mixed and playing golf, like I'm sure, I'm sure people look at me and they're, and they're like, Hmm, like I wonder maybe, this guy's skills as opposed to his white friend. And, and I think they get like, you know, I'm not the best golfer, but you know, I can, I can pound the ball. So it's great when I catch one, they're just like, Oh shit. Like, well, hello can, there. Like, you know, like, like, you know, hit like a, tw- like, you know, hit a 20 foot putt or whatever. It's just like, Oh damn. Like, like this dude knows what he's doing. And like, you know, that kind of surprise. And I think that kind of those interactions where people maybe do feel uncomfortable for a little bit, it's a lot easier on a golf course than it is say at like one of these protests that's happening. Right. And I feel like you can learn a lot from people and just like small conversations and, um, and, you know, especially if you're like walking, uh, you know, back in the day, like you'd get, you'd be in a cart with someone and you're just like sitting next to some total stranger for four hours or two, three hours, whatever it is. And, um, and it forces you to, you know, think differently and try to, you know, find some common ground between this person you're playing with. And, um, and I think golf's one of those games where, um, you really learn a lot about people out there. And, um, you know, if I was like, if I was playing golf with someone that was racist, it wouldn't take much for me to understand that. But if I was playing golf with someone that knew nothing about me and like, and I I could tell that, but they were open to, um, to learning more, like, that becomes very evident after it might take two or three holes, but um, it's, it's very evident. And, and I think that's like, that's something that's cool. Like, you know, every, you know, your, your true colors kind of show on the golf course. Right. And, 
Always. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm frankly, as much as I teach kids healthy habits and core values, like I've been known to toss a club or two. And, <laughs> um, and while it's not something I'm always proud of, like, um, you know, it's, it's who I am. And I have to, it's something that I have to confront on a golf course. Like if I hit a bad shot and I'm not with my boys, like I'm, I'm playing with one of my kids, like you can't swear, like it's not okay. And, um, and, and you can't, you know, you can't throw clubs. And, and, you know, I think we often, you know, like you said, we want to make things black and white and, and certainly like, um, you know, you, you kind of depending on who you're with, um, you kind of act in different ways, but, you know, I think whether it's our kids or it's myself, like golf is that place where we can all like stare each like stare ourselves in the mirror. And it's like, do I have what it takes to make an up and down from under this tree, <laughs> over this bunker, onto the screen and make a good putt to, to do what I want to do. And it's like, and I think that lesson can be learned in a lot of different places in life. And it's like, um, you know, I think when it comes to uh, just, you know, our kids, like, looking out for each other. Right. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I'm still trying to wrap my like head around what it would be like to be like one of our kids, whether you're black or you're white or Asian or whatever it is in, in, the, in today's society and, and thinking about that stuff. But I just hope that through our program, they're able to all be in this level playing field um, on the, on the course and, and like, get to know each other and get to understand where each other comes from because um, it's, it's not all the same. And, um, and it's important that everyone, I think, sees both sides of, of the equation that's going on right now. And, um, and, you know, I think, you know, for example, like as an organization, we felt it was very important to stand by our black families in this time where, um, you know, it's, it's no secret that Baltimore is a place where like a lot of police brutality has happened and specifically in the neighborhoods where our golf courses exist. Mm. And, um, and while, you know, I think we're not a political organization. Um, we're an org we're like a human organization. And, um, and, and while this thing is, you know, very black and white in some senses, it's like a, all humans thing right now where we all need to get behind this one movement to make things better um, for everyone. Um, so, you know, we, we put out a, a statement and, um, and, you know, I'm sure different people felt different ways about it, but, um, you know, it was, it was important for us to hold, um, I think the police community to the level that we would hold our kids to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and actually something that's in the works that I'm working on right now uh, which I'm really proud of, actually, and I take no credit for it whatsoever, is that um, I had a member at a country club, um, a very exclusive country club in Baltimore, uh, that reached out and specifically asked if we can get some of our kids and some police officers to play together at this country club, and just in general, and just like have a conversation and see where it goes, and whether that's having police show up to our programming as they can and volunteer or setting up these kind of, you know, smaller groups where we play in a foursome with like a kid, a cop, me and a member, like, um, you know, I think that's, that's something that, um, that's making a change and like, that's changing the trajectory, not only 
of a kid's life, but their outlook on life. And, um, and if they're able to be someone that can change the thought, you know, and the culture in the neighborhood of like, all cops are just terrible people, which we all know isn't true. Like it's, it's, it's pretty clear that it's, it's, it's the portion of these, of these people with this job that abuse their power. Um, and, and there's a lot of good people trying to, trying to really do good work and keep communities safe. And, and I think, you know, to teach that at a younger age, um, and to change that culture in Baltimore, even if it is just the first team, and the few kids that we have, like we're, we're doing, we're doing something big and we're doing something different and that, and, and I think, and again, this is something that it hasn't, it hasn't even, I haven't done it yet. It's been in the, it's been in the works for the past few days. Um, but it's something that I just like, as I'm envisioning it, it's just like, if, you know, if we can make this happen, then I know 10 other nonprofits in Baltimore that have, um, that do boxing, that do soccer, that do squash, that do, uh, wrestling and football and basketball and all different types of things, uh, that they can replicate this with. And then you think about all those kids that you're hitting from all different parts of the city. And it's like, you know, it, it, you're not going to get everyone at once, but if you can get a few people to start saying like, yeah, like cops aren't that bad. Like there's actually some good ones. And they like work with this group of kids down here. Like you can go and like watch them do this. Like I'm a firm believer in the ripple down effect of like kind of what you were just describing. It it, it just starts with one. Um, If you get one scenario to happen in which a perception is changed, then then the ball starts rolling. And like you just said, then another organization picks it up and then another, and then all of a sudden it's not just in Baltimore. It's in, you know, Minneapolis. It's in, you know, other parts of the country. It's from East to West. And all of a sudden you're not just affecting Baltimore, Maryland, you're affecting an entire country. And and I think with the, with the power of social media and how, as much as we can see it take negative effects, we can see it take the positive effects too. And, 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 you know, spread such great, change in whichever way we want it to happen it's all up to us i think in 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 how that narrative plays out oh yeah absolutely i mean you know like they say like it's 90 percent of how you react to whatever or i don't know what the i just totally butchered that (laughs) hey we edit we chop that out we'll chop that out (laughs) no no keep it in keep it i'm 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 human like the rest of them um it, what is it it's like 10 percent of the action is like 90 90% of the reaction is really mm-hmm. like what happens in your body your perception all that stuff and um and i think you know with with everything that's going on you know we all we look to the big media to like see what's going on and they frankly just feed us like a lot of fringe bullshit of like you know for example like white people looting the van store in santa monica it's like what like what are you showing that for that's not what we're talking about here (laughs) right so like if you you go and look at that then that's what you're talking about and it's like that's detracting from the entire situation so you know i you know i think um you know i've i've certainly looked at this maybe selfishly um as a really good opportunity as you said like i started my podcast in the mix which uh is something i've like been thinking about doing for so long and finally got my act together and um I started it kind of when COVID started and then you know I really rethought about what it what it could be when when um you know the George Floyd thing happened and um and 
and it's something that I'm still trying to figure out internally um, because while it was, while that was an event that I think really helped me um, process a lot of, you know, what it was like to grow up being mixed and having a black father and a white mother and, um, and playing sports like golf and lacrosse and going to private school and like that, like just my entire life, like it was like, whoa, like this is, it was like the, it was like when everything's like flashing through a movie and then it like <laughs> stops at like the main scene. And like, that was kind of the main scene. Like this is, you know, it really felt like the, the beginning of, you know, I hope that's something, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I hope that's something that's going to be kind of the beginning of the end of a lot of, um, you know, racist policies and just like that old way of thinking that, uh, frankly, like is just not, not what America is today. Um, and so, and so I think, uh, those, those things that have happened in, um, in the government and with police and, um, with, with different, um, you know, ways that cities were set up and whatnot, like that way that, you know, uh, you know, certain people were oppressed for a long time. And I think, I think that, that had a trickle down effect, um, into a lot of things business related. Um, and I think, you know, golf courses are one of those places. And, um, and I think, you know, I just have like an amazing opportunity, whether it's, you know, talking on my podcast or talking on your podcast to just bring up these conversations and have like, um, you know, whether they're uncomfortable or not, just like be very honest about, you know, how that stuff makes, makes me feel and like, and, and, and how we can, how we can move on. And, and it's not just, looking like we said like it's not just looking at like all these extremes like it's it's looking at the root of the issue and um and i think the main thing is is having different types of human beings with different backgrounds um you know conversate and whether it's on the golf course or on our podcast like um you know like 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 dante and i are like it's like we had a very similar experience like never met this man in my life but you know it's it's something that we can all like find middle ground on um, and you know, if we can't, then so be it, you know, um, I, I think, I think that's, I think it's something that it's going to take some people a little bit more effort and more open-mindedness than others. And, you know, some people frankly, aren't going to change. Um, and I think now's a time where, um, you know, like that's kind of okay. Like it's all right for people that aren't willing to change to get like left in the dust by mm -hmm. like whether it's their friends or their family, society. It's like, I'm sorry, but like you, you just, you can't, you can't think that way anymore. If uh, and, I, I and think I, I said I'm it not, when we were just talking, it's like, if not now, when um, in that totally. mentality yeah, of, you know, um, yeah. I think we've gotten shook to the point of, everyone realizes um and, and i think and, and you know this could go i think you know a lot of people may not like what i say but i i think our generation is finally starting to take the turn of realizing like there's just no room for it and and personally you know at, at, a, at a time where i just I, I don't get it when people do bring it you know that side to the table of of thinking so small-minded i just don't get it um but it, it like you said it, it's time to leave those people in the dust and it, and it's time to I, I think just be good humans like i don't understand how it's that hard to be good humans and just have this discussion but um there's yeah, a lot yeah. of people out there that 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 are still like that and like you said sure, uh, sure. I, I think we're blessed to have this game of golf 
um, that I, I think maybe I, I think brings it all together and, and sees that dichotomy of, you know, allowing because it, it, it's so much golf is so much like life. It allows us to maybe conceptualize things a little bit better than most, I think is where right. I, I tie it all back in for me at least. Um, and, cool. and I think, you know, with you in the, the, the greater area of Baltimore and the first tee and what you do and, you know, how you describe the diversity within your own kind of organization there and just the, the ability to make effects a change, a positive change and, and yeah. have this conversations like we do right now. And it, that's what needs to happen more. And I think, I, I think where I'm going with this is like, it just, it's possible and you know, it's yeah. happening. It's not just possible, but it is happening. And, it's happening now and we need to recognize that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, you're right. Like it's our kind of generation, I think in a lot of ways um, with the environment and with, you know, I think we've been hit the hardest and, um, and I've, I've been fortunate um, to not have too much, but with like college debt and just a lot of these systems that are just, you know, our, our parents didn't have to go through them. Um, you know, and, and, and now that, or, or at least didn't have to like think about that. Our, our parents, they didn't have the internet. So like, they didn't know any better. Like yeah. they, didn't, they didn't know cigarettes were bad for you or that like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, like just that old school thought of, um, of just like, you know, I, I, I think of, um, I think of like cow's milk, for example, like I like never, I never liked drinking milk. And I was like, why do I, like, I can only drink it in cereal. I was like, this isn't even good. And then I like learned, it's like, oh yeah, like you actually don't get a lot of protein from it. And it's, um, and no other animal drinks cow's milk after, you know, ever. I about cried when I had that realization because like, like, it was like, it was like a glass of milk at dinner with me every day when I was growing up. And then it was like, what? Like what? Like yeah. I, I have my mind blown I'm at that conversation. Like, I'm not like some <laughs> vegan, like I'm not trying to convert anyone. Like I eat meat, like I, but it was just that, that one thing that I was just like, all right, the only reason why we do this is because we've always done this. Not because it's the best solution, yep. not because it's healthiest or like better for anyone. It's just because of what we've done. And, um, and while, that's a totally different thing. Like you can still drink cow's milk. I'm cool with you, yeah. but <laughs> it's just like, that, it's I mean, just like if, if, if you're not willing to, if you're not willing at this point to at least um, recognize the reality of what happened. Um, and if you don't, um, you know, at least like have a conversation, read a book, listen to a podcast, like shit, watch a movie documentary. Like there's so many ways to absorb information and understand what's going on um and and really change and i think i think the you know i i don't i don't want to say like it's it's either now or never like if you don't figure it out this second like f off like it there's a lot of room for people to you know i think it's going to take people some time to be like oh like oh damn like i need a i need to change my way of of thinking and i think you know drew Brees was a great example of um of an athlete that someone that I had always viewed in a very high light as someone that, um, you know, was an athlete and a competitor, you know, hearing about the way he trains and, um, and how serious he takes his craft. It was someone that's like, Oh, like that's someone I look up to. Um, and then you bring in the fact that he went to new Orleans and did all that stuff for the city. It's like, Oh, great guy. 
And then to have him come out on CNN and like, and just kind of talk out of pocket about just not really understand, you know, even years later, like what Kaepernick was trying to do. It's like, dude, like, did no one brief you on this situation? It's just, (laughs) it's just like, he was, he just didn't, he just didn't know. And he didn't have to be confronted because he's an NFL quarterback and no one confronts him on anything. And so for him, it was like, all right, Drew, like, well, for me, I would say it was like, Drew, you screwed up. And I'm not happy about it. But for him to come out and acknowledge the wrongs and like, I'm sure I would hope that he's someone that will actually go and, and, and make that effort to understand. Um, and then I think something that really kind of caught me um, what was uh, Cole Beasley, who mm-hmm. I think a year or two ago, I'd heard he had said something racist. So I was like, fantasy, no Cole Beasley. I'm, all, I'm out on this guy. Like, like, I'm, like I, I won't even draft you. Like, I won't even pick you up on the waiver wire with no, like, like for oh, like a late. Not even the waiver like wire. Week like, it's not going to happen. I'm just, I'm out on you. And then he came out and said something recently and was like, like, I screwed up. And, and I want to make this right. And I'm going to do what it takes to make this right. So while it's, while my mindset is very much like we either need to change this or, or you either need to change your thinking or I'm out on you, um, you know, like 2020 cancel culture. I'm also down with people figuring it out, right? Like reading the book, listening to the podcast and not just being like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm cool with black people now. It's like, no, like if you're not, like you need to understand what makes you not cool with them. Or Whoa. What? It doesn't matter whether you, uh, you know, you're, you have an issue with any type of person, whether they're gay or Asian or Muslim or Jewish. Um, you know, now is just the time where we're – I hope forcing each other to have a difficult conversation and look yourself in the eye and, um, and say, I've been, whether it's, whether it's you or your environment, I think is mostly the thing, right? Like no one was born racist. Mm -hmm. Uh, no one was born like hating people. We were all just born different and we were taught how to interact with people differently. And I think it's, it's like, it's such a personal attack because, you know, you're coming at someone's uh, character, but you're also coming at like their family a lot of the time too. And, um, and it's certainly hard to change people's habits in general. And when it comes to something like race or even like sexism, which is like so divisive in a lot of different ways, um, you know, it's, it's hard to have that conversation, but now is just the time where I think it's, it's, and I don't know what the, what the movement will be called. Um, I mean, certainly Black Lives Matter, obviously, but, um, you know, I think more of the movement of people just having conversations with people they don't know and learning about their backgrounds and their experiences and not trying to compare them and not trying to say, well, there's poor white people or there's, you know, there's, there's like the cops get murdered too. It's like, yes, like we, we know this, but, the issue at hand right now is whether you're rich and black or poor and black, like there's a chance that you could get murdered by the police and nothing will be done. And like, we just need to address that. And there's a lot of other issues that I think people should really feel free. Like, 
like that's my thing it's like we don't just have to talk like while i think that's the number one issue um you know there's there's the whole um i mean i think even still more than ever and i think it's it's something that a lot of people grow out of but um you know homophobia like i still coach high schoolers and and you know they'll they'll say things that um that are homophobic that they just frankly like don't mean right and it's Mm -hmm. like they're not trying to they don't understand what they're saying and I don't think they understand the implications of what they're saying. Um, if, if there was someone that was like gay around them. And I think sure. when you get older, you're like, you're like, Oh shit. Like I actually have a bunch of gay friends. Like what the hell was I even talking about in the first place? Like, <laughs> right. How would I do those? Why would I say those things? Like, that's not what I mean. And so, and so I think, you know, a lot of people that are just like unlearning some habits. And oh, and it's so, it's so, I don't want to call it funny because they're very serious topics, but the, the way sure. no. the, there's, you know, there's some comedy in like the, the ridiculousness of some, the way some people think. Precisely. So think, and that's what I'm getting at is like the, the comedy is in not being able to, and I think it's people's inability. And I think it's human nature a little bit too, of to conceptualize that we can have all the conversations we can have the, yes, this is a problem. And this is a problem. And, and, you know, like it, these are right. all issues. Like we don't yeah. need to have the, well, mine's greater than yours debate. Like, okay, we can no. have the, we're all like, let's, let's fight for all of it. You know, let's, yeah. let's, yep. let's band together. And, and that's where I, I think the issue is as a society as a whole is let's stop, let's stop comparing apples to oranges. Let's stop right. c- comparing, you know, my house is bigger than your house and, and my, th- therefore it has more issues. Like that's not, that's not the problem. You know, <laughs> let, let's, no, that's let, far let, from the issue at hand. Definitely. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's realize that. Yes, this is the issue at the top of the list at the moment, because it's the one that's right. the most forefront, but there yeah. can be f- further issues underneath of it. And I yeah, think for sure. Just just going back to yeah. what you kind of probably see more often than not with the first tee is the the beautiful, I think, innocence of kids and, and, and their, you know, lack of a better term, their their inability to see the, the grand scale of things because they're five, yeah. six, seven years old. And and like you said, yeah. it, it's it's those issues that are taught rather than and learned rather than like in us innately. And, and I think, you know what you guys have the ability to do, which is so phenomenal. And it's in the caddy program. It's in the first T program. It's, it's to just bring these kids together and give them those, those values that makes them just be great human beings. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. I mean, how many, how many people you hear say it's about a hundred percent say, man, I wish I could be a kid again, just so you can have that pure innocence, just pure joy. You don't, care about a damn thing you're just out there with friends doesn't matter race or anything you're just out playing you know i mean remember the time you were in grade school none of these things crossed your mind you were just out there playing with friends how many people say man i can't wait to get older i can't wait to deal with problems (laughs) yeah right hero like we all want to be kids and i think we need to have that mentality it's like we need to just go out there with pure joy and everybody and like it's just everybody wants to be kids. Let's all be kids. Yeah, no, no, for sure. You know, I think, and, and I think that's, that's something where, especially when you play sports, right? Like um, when, when you're playing sports, like you don't, you could care less 
who is what race. It's like that kid score. That kid should. That kid gets the ball in the goal. Like, let's give it to him. You know, is he filthy. And, yeah, and, and let's. He, he should probably yeah. have it in his hands a little more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, let's give let's give him some opportunities for sure. Yep. And and I think and I think unfortunately that you know we get away from like you said like we get away from that as adults, um, you know giving people like putting people in positions to succeed um, no matter like where they come from and I think you know that's really like a beauty of of what I do um, and what the first T does um, is we look at kids and um, you know d- is this kid good at golf or like are they or like are they really into this. Kid? caddying thing all right well let's let's get them a four-year scholarship to a college like that's a pretty easy way to make a huge impact on someone's life or is is this kid taking golf serious like let's let's you know put our necks out there like get them into an AJGA event mm-hmm. and and see what happens and you know I think we it's cool because we have such a good mix where you know we have some kids where you know we can really help them like day to day and then we have other kids where you know, golf was really the thing that we needed to help them with. And so while they're still around and they're still, you know, a part of the program, it's like, you know, I don't need to worry about this kid because he's got this support system. He goes to a good school, but um, if he needs anything golf related and, um, and, or, you know, anything that he needs, like I'm, I'm here for him, but, um, but I know that I don't need a, um, you know, check in on, on him every single day, like, like some of our other kids. So um, it's, it's dope, man. You know, the first tee, it's, uh, it's really, it's one of those things. It's like what you make of it. Um, you know, I could, I could certainly just like do my job and, um, and, and kind of come into the office every day and, and work from not nine to five, but, you know, work that, that schedule that I work and just kind of like call quits or, um, you know, I can like, set up these things with like police officers and kids playing together or work with other nonprofits on some, like on a Tuesday in some mm-hmm. uh, middle school cafeteria um, and, and just, and, and just like create all of this, like kind of from the ground up or, um, you know, certainly build off of what we've done in the past and, and kind of tinker a little bit. And, and I hope that, um, you know, hope that the first tee of Baltimore is, is, you know, turns into something that, um, you know, while we might not be as big of a, um, a chapter in terms of numbers as say like Fort Worth, Texas, um, which is a very strong first tee chapter and has an amazing network of coaches and all this stuff. Like we're, you know, we're, we're doing what we do in Baltimore and, um, and we, you know, we certainly cater to a lot of different kids, um, and, and we provide a lot of them different services. And, um, and I think for me, like if it was just golf, uh, if this was me just working, like doing youth golf camps and just coaching, um, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough for me. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, as much as I enjoy that as well, like, I wouldn't want to just keep it to that. Um, and I think, I think our kids and our families are really starting to realize that, um, you know, at first they were like, kind of like feeling me out and like, it's like, who is this guy? Like we've known the same staff for like 10 years. And, um, and now they're, you know, they're under, they're like, they're like, Hey, like we, we wanted to sign up for this SAT thing. Like, is that a part of the, I was like, yep. Like pay for your SAT score, like pay for whatever you need, like SAT tutoring, pay for the test itself, like all that stuff. Like that's, 
that's what that's what we're moving to do like if you need it um like we like we got you and um and that's and that's any kid that walks through our doors and um and you know while i don't want to advertise the first year something you come to as a junior in high school and like hey can you pay for my sat like that it's not that either <laughs> but it's you know it's um again it's it's using golf to um to change people's lives and to bring people together um and i think you know it's something i'm very proud of to to do every day and and you know really it's like to get paid to do that is um it's really a luxury and you know you talk about like you guys being affected by covid and all that stuff like i it was weird like i was weirdly in like a really good financial situation like right when covid happened i was like whoa like like, this is weird. Like so many people are not in this position. So like, I've been extremely blessed these past few months in particular while I've been, um, you know, certainly a little antsy and, and bored at times. Um, uh, I also like was able to go and I actually went to Pinehurst for like four days, which was just next level you dog um, jealous which was, yeah oh no absolutely and and it's like but like that was you know like that's that was like one of the luxuries and uh that that i have with with my job and my boss was like word like i would come with you but i have a child <laughs> so so like so it's it's cool man like it's it's a really good organization you know i'm able to um you know to to live a really great lifestyle and mm-hmm. and also um, impact our kids and our families, um, in a way that honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't really foresee like possible on, and, and, and I think, you know, having the, the freedom that I have and, and the support for my team and, and my organization and, you know, some of the board members that I, you know, kind of work, on, work with, uh, like one-on-one, um, you know, it's, it's as, it's as good as you can get for working at a nonprofit because, I mean, it's always, you know, there's always like a, not to call it a dumpster fire. I think that's not being too kind, but they're always, you know, it's, it looks like one thing on the outside and it's a little bit crazier on the inside. And we're certainly that. I think every single nonprofit, whether it's um, a nationally funded AmeriCorps program that has like millions of dollars funneled into it, like they all operate and, and have like tons of issues there too. But for us to be as small as we are and make the impact that we're making, um, it's it's something that I'm really proud of, and and I think something that um, has really helped me mature uh, in my career and um, in kind of not only just being a part of a nonprofit, but um, starting up programs within the nonprofit and uh, creating partnerships and um, and and hiring you know hiring people uh whether it's coaches or tutors and you know managing volunteers it's um you know it's it's something that you know i I really just love and enjoy and and you know i think anytime you know you're bringing people together um anytime that i bring people together whether it's like having people over for a barbecue or like you know getting you know you like you know you kind of hang out with the same people a lot whatever but then there's certain times where you're like let me just get like these four people together that maybe like don't know each other that well and just see what happens and like you end up having a bunch of dope conversations and it's like that's that's like kind of the life I want to live and whether it's my job 
whether it's, you know, chatting with you guys or like doing my own thing. Like I just wanted to be very authentic. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the cool things, and like I said before, like I've been very optimistic through a lot of um, this like tragedy and stuff and really kind of this uprising. Uh, I've been very optimistic um, both on a national level, but also personally. And, and I think that it's a lot of it's because um, I've been able to like feel like my identity, whatever that is, has, is like valid. And, and I think working in golf and, um, and being someone that's like changing this sport um, while this like country is going through change and having a lot of like race and all this like class stuff like overlap. Um, it just feels like I'm in like the middle of it all right now. And I think it's cool. You know, I, um, I'll be the first to, um, to say that I, I get a lot of, I mean, I just get a lot of inspiration, like from guys like you, um, and, and guys like you, you guys know, Matt Roberts, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so guys like that, um, and then, you know, even guys like, you know, the barstool guys where it's just like, they're just doing something that's different and doing something that's like true to them. And whether, you know, you take bar barstool, for example, like whether you think they're like four rambling idiots, which at times I kind of do, but other times I'm like doubled over, like cracking up and like completely like feeling exactly what they're saying. And that's, and that's kind of like the beauty in, in, in a sport like golf where it's attracting and really um, it's changing. Um, and it's attracting a lot of different people. And um, it's, it's really, it's really dope to see that uh, there's so many of these like sub um, communities within this game that was so singular at a time where mm -hmm. everyone kind of just rocked the same shit and everyone you know, just kind of, I don't know, it was just all the same. And now there's just like, you can look at five different, um, like golf, even like Instagram accounts. And they're talking about things that are completely unrelated, whether it's like, uh, you know, you look at some of the, the guys that take the pictures of the courses or guys that are more into like at home drills and like swing tips and all this stuff. And then you know, people that are moving the culture to, you know, look a little more urban, as they might say, mm -hmm. um, you know, ch ch changing things a little bit and, and doing, um, you know, you look at like, like Muni kids, for example, like, they're playing like urban golf and like, just, they're doing shit that no one's done before. And it's just dope. Um, it's really cool to see people get behind that and all of their followings. And I'm sure you're following and um, and even, you know, like the foreplay guys, like um, they just have people that are non, it's very non-traditional. Um, yeah, I mean, which, it's so cool. Yeah. And I think I, I, we, we really saw it exposed uh, when golf was kind of the first thing to open in a lot of states when, when COVID was kind of, you know, at its peak. Um, you know, I, I've time and time again got text messages from buddies. Hey, how do I go pick up a cheap set, set of clubs? I've never played before, but I want to get out of the house. Um, the only thing I can do. Yeah. 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 Sure. And it was like, we, we talked about that on the course today with uh, the guys, uh, uh, Rocco and, and Hoffy up in, up in Philly. They were saying the same thing from like their local munis in Philly. They were seeing yeah. time and time again, guys that had guys and girls that had never played before coming and saying, Hey, can we rent a set of clubs? I just want to try this game. 
So I think it's, it's yeah. starting to reach whether it's a different demographic or, you know, it's definitely our age group. I think it's like the 20 somethings to 30 somethings are just reaching yeah. out of their comfort zone and trying golf. Um, it, sure. It's just, it's cool to see. I think, you know, there's, there's such untapped potential in this game still for, for people to, to really join in and have fun, whether, you know, there's no, there's no hiding golf has, has had a class issue. I think you could say for a long time. And I think we're finally starting to see that mold break. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, I think it's, it, you know, now thinking about uh, like, you know, us being like lacrosse guys, Dante and like base, there's like, you see these baseball guys, hockey guys, um, you've seen like this major push over the last like 20, 30 years with, with competitive sports. And, um, and there's a lot of people that now, you know, while everyone has been like, Oh, the NHL or the NBA or this or that, um, there's a lot of guys that kind of fall short from that and they need to get that competitive juice flowing somehow. And golf has been that one thing. That's just like, it's, it's really that it's, it's like this, it's like this mythical game, right? Like, how could you possibly, you know, if you've never seen it before, how could you possibly hit this ball like all the way down there with sand and water and rough and like in the rain and in the wind? Like, how, how do you know where it's going? And, and to, for, you know, the pros, obviously they're on a different planet. So, you know, we watch them and we're like, oh, he like, he missed like, shut up. We know what he did. He's going to get up and down. It'll be fine. <laughs> but it's really about what can you do? And like, and we all look at each other you know, and we all look at, you know, we all look ourselves in, in the face and we're just like, like, what, like, am I, am I made, like, can I do this thing? And it's funny. Cause you know, you just have guys that like played their entire life and it's like, it's almost not fun. Like my boss, for example, he's, he's like, he played in college and was a really good amateur golfer and and now it's like he never he never plays he never wants to play and and when he does go and play he's like one under just it's like what the like that's <laughs> like you're killing me like you're killing me right now but for me like it doesn't matter about him right it's it's all about me and and for me it's like I go out there and it's just like I just I just like want to grind and I want to I want to do this thing that um is so they're just like the mystique behind it, um, I think is like, it's a lot, it's a lot different than what it used to be where people were, I think less inclined to like be like dramatic on the golf course or like have, like show a lot of emotion and, um, and, and, you know, just like build these groups, like not, you know, as opposed like where there's like country clubs and, um, and, and I'm, I'm all, I'm all for the country club thing. I, it's something that I've been trying to figure out myself down here, like where to join type of thing. Um, but I, you know, I think when you have like just groups of buddies that are just like, you just meet them in random places. Like one of my best golf buddies right now, like I met him through um, his friend who ended up moving to Portland. And then when he moved to Portland, like me and Max just started playing golf. Like, all the time and that's someone that I have some of my tightest uh like golf matches with um and you know we love playing like with and against each other and you know we we couldn't be like more different people but when we're on the course like we're just 
Like we're just best friends. And, it's that beautiful it, unwritten bond, man. We talk, I think we mentioned it like really early on, but it's like, whether it's the, it's the crazy thing about golf that even if you book a tee time as a single and go and get matched up with three people you've never met before, like you said, it might take two or three holes, maybe even a little longer, but I feel like it's, it's, that, that it's that time where you, around. yeah, it's that time when like each person in your group on one hole hits a bad shot and you're like, yeah, like I've been there. Like I know what you're going through. You're struggling. Like, <laughs> like, like damn like, this game, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I get you, and I'm with you, and we're gonna get through this together. And then it becomes like yeah, it, yeah. It, it happens, and then all of a sudden, it just—I don't know what it is about the golf game, man. But it, you start learning more about a person. You start learning, you know, how they are, how they react, what you know, and, and, and it becomes fun. And you end up nine times out of ten, I feel like grabbing someone's number if you if you play with strangers after the round and saying, Hey, let's get back together. Let's play again. You know, it's one of those kind of deals that a lot of other sports you just don't see. I feel like, I mean, I have a, I have a friend of mine too, you know, actually don't I, his former teammate and the guy I grew up basically went through college together with and, uh, invited me up one weekend and we went out and played and we played with his neighbor. Uh, shout out to you, Mikey. Uh, Mikey. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, he just had a new newborn, so congratulations. Hey, Mike. Um, so he, you know, we played, I, I went up for maybe three days, maybe two days just for the weekend, play with them. It was my friend uh, Paul and his brother Stan and their, their neighbor, Mike. And next thing you know, we messaged almost every single day on, uh, you know, on like Facebook Messenger, like on, like we're just texting each other just talking golf constantly because we're both like, we're both huge gearheads. I mean, we're talking shafts, we're talking heads, we're talking, you know, piecing together, you name it, different types of golf balls. And it just, it just goes to show what you said, Parker is, you know, like if we want to like, even like we want to make change in like the world, I think our generation is we're the middle ground. We're like right in the middle. Yeah. You know, we need to throw out the old, we need to throw out the old and get in with the new. And it's like, like you said, put four strangers on a, on a golf course for four or five hours. And totally. like you said, Don, they're probably coming. One of them's exchanging numbers with another person at the end of the day. And like you said, there's always, even on the course, there's always that one kind of aha moment where that energy between the four of them just lighten up. And then like, next thing you know, you're, you're really shooting the shit. Like you said, it may take a couple holes to kind of get, yeah. get things a little bit going, but there's always that, that light bulb or that aha moment where, you know, everything just clicks and you can just feel the energy just rise. Yeah. No, what, dude, it's, it's so on point. It's, it's, uh, you know, I think with, and you guys saying like golf being a metaphor for life, like it really is, you know, and if, if there's, you know, if we're able to go out on a golf course and, build that bond with four people we don't know like we should we should be able to do the same thing like off of the course too and i think it, it really provides a it really provides a cool opportunity for us to do that i think um this the this i don't know if, if it's a thing but like zoom culture i'm, I'm just gonna go and start zoom culture like zoom culture has been one of those things where it's i've realized um it's effectiveness and maybe it's ineffectiveness as well Actually, it's funny. On my laptop, I have this screenshot. It's me. It's like the first Zoom call, me and uh, my boys from Rhode Island. Uh, so I grew up in Rhode Island. I was born in Baltimore, grew up in Rhode Island, and moved back in high school. 
and um, my my boys are in Rhode Island. There's like twelve of them. Uh, I think only like one or two of them play golf, but it's besides the point. Um, you know, we we all got on the Zoom chat, and there's 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 all twelve, like thirteen of us, and it's like people talking over each other. It's just it's like a party, right? Like it's absolute chaos. You're you're listening to conversations, but like you're really just drunk and talking craziness. <laughs> And, um, and then there would be time, you know, over the, the course of a few weeks, like less people would join and it would be like three people or four people. And, but what you realize is that like, when you have that setting and, you know, we, we talked for like two or three hours or whatever. And it's like, when you're, you know, I think golf, it's like, it's, it's the, it's, it's set up socially. So it's like, you're with three or four people. You're, you're with each other for four hours. If you're, you're driving a cart, you're with one of them for a lot of the time, but if you're all walking, you're kind of like intermittently like mm-hmm. together with maybe like each person for an hour separate or like 40 minutes separate. And then like when you're on the green, which is like a third of the time, like an hour and a half, you're all like sitting there just like chatting and on the tee box. So it's already set up for there to be a lot of different intimate one-on-one like uh, three-way conversations. And I think with the zoom culture, it's like when you get into these, these rooms with these chat rooms, with like four people, you just never know where it's going to go. And like, even when it's like my boys that I've known for 20 years, like we end up talking about just like all types of stuff. And, um, and just, you know, so like one of them lives in Australia and one lives in Amsterdam and one lives in New York. And, or a bunch of live in New York and Boston and all these different places. So it's like, it's like, yo, like, what if, like, Parker, what are you up to in Baltimore? Like, what's going on? And and it's it's just dope. Like, it's it's really cool to to see that that thing that we've always had as golfers, like, then kind of like occur in these other spaces and really, I think, allow people to have that experience um, of of just building relationships. And I think, you know, you're talking about um just like meeting like uh meeting someone and then like facebook messaging that like just the most obscure interactions with people that like relate to golf and like talking like a bunch of like technical stuff and then and 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 i i I love all these like memes out there and like videos online where it's like it's like a girl it's like girls at a party and they're all just like on their phone and then like all the guys are just like talking about golf swing like stuff like you can just, it's like it's bad it's like almost like we're like we have this addiction but it's like a great thing right like it's this thing that we're addicted to it because you're in nature you're with your boys like you're having a good time like there's it's more than just actually play, like you don't you don't expect to play great every day but you expect every time hopefully that you go out there you're going to meet someone randomly maybe get their number you're going to go out with your boys you're going to have this like this epic time or just have a great conversation and, and i think uh, why we crave it so much is like golf like you said where you're out in nature you're with your boys you, you know you a healthy competition it fulfills so many of like just like human kind of like desires all in one you know it, it's it's the oh, kind of sure. like I mean, as, as, as weirdly put as that may sound, like oh, it does, yeah. you know, you're out in nature, you're experiencing the outdoors, you're getting your vitamin D, you're with your buddies, probably having yep. a few cocktails, which, you know, we all, we all like yeah. to indulge from time to time. And then you're just, you're, you're getting your exercise too. Even if you're riding, you're still getting a little bit of exercise. And it's just, yeah. it, I think that's why the body going. loves, you know, the body and the mind always work together. And I think that's why we're so addicted to the game 
it doesn't take much to want to do it again and again. No, no, definitely not. And then once you get to that level where it's like, all right, um, like, so for me, like, I'm, I'm probably, my handicap says I'm, my index says I'm like a six point something, but maybe I'm that, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not as good, but last year it was like, I was shooting like high to mid eighties, like every single time I played golf and it was like rarely break 70. And then this year it's like, um, it's, you know, 80, like two, three is like pretty typical. And then like, I'll, I'll, I'll dip down into the seventies every now and again. And like, once you really start to, you know, hone in your game and like know what you need to do better, you know, when you go from being like a 15 to a 10 to like a nine, eight, seven, you know, you really start to, it's like, all right, like now I gotta like get my putting to like my, like, I know my putting stroke sucks. Like, the next time I go and practice, like I'm not hitting a hundred drivers off the range. Mm -hmm. Not that I do that, but you know, like people go out there and they're just like, yeah, I just want to like hit driver. It's like, all right, but like you're trying to get better or, or what? And like, and now that you're at, you know, you get to like those, I mean, you guys are far better golfers than I will probably ever be. Um, it's, it's like always knowing that it's inside of you. It's in like, I know I can do it physically. I've, I've done a lot of, different thing like I've I can play basketball like I can do all these different things not very well but now it's like I just want to play golf well <laughs> that's that is like that's all I want yeah I want it, it's, it's crazy how how yeah. it just gets to become like especially I think you've realized that once you get into that like single digit kind of handicap where you're like Oh, I'm real close to even par now. Like I'm real close. Like I gotta get there. Like I just have to get there. Whether you know it's yeah. come hell or high water, and, uh, and and that's what's so addicting about it. And it's cool that like even the people that are just starting out, they hit one good flush shot and they watch that ball just soar into the air like a perfect ball flight. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They want to come back oh, yeah. for more. You know, they just want to yeah, come back. Always on more. the 18th hole, second <laughs> shot into the green. <laughs> After your double it and yeah. triple and everything, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, are you? You and I are probably like pretty much the same, because like you know, you left the cross and you started picking up golf, and then like I don't know how like when I started playing and like learning the score, I was shooting, you know, ninety fives to like ninety nines, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm getting to like ninety to ninety two, and the next moment I break ninety, I shot an eighty nine. I was stoked. And it just, Coming and it, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I, I was like, all right, I need this putt. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I shot 88. Yeah. I'm so pumped. Right. And then like, next yeah. thing you know, it's getting lower and lower and lower. And then it's like, yeah. all right, well now I'm shooting 80 to 82. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> can I do it? Then you shoot yeah. 79 for the first time and you're just pumped. Yeah. And you go out and shoot 89, you want to just flat out quit. Yeah. But throw the bag <laughs> in the water. Uh, that's been pretty damn close. But <laughs> but what's so crazy, <laughs> crazy about the game is, all right, so now you're sitting in between that five and six handicap. So you're shooting, you know, mid seven, like high 70s to low 80s, kind of on a regular basis. Yeah. To where you have that 185, 86 to maybe almost – shooting bogey off shooting a 90 you're like i can't wait to come out tomorrow 
to make sure I do not do that ever again. Yes, absolutely. Then you go out and shoot, say, 76, and you're like, I can't wait to go out tomorrow and do that again. Yeah, it's just right. this <laughs> it's just this endless cycle oh of just God. wanting it's more. Unbelievable. And to think, like, it's so funny, like, to think I'm going to – so that actually happened to me. Like, I, I shot maybe my worst round of the year, um, like, like a few weeks ago or early last week. And then I went out on Wednesday. I was, I was playing with my boy. I was, like, ready to whoop his ass. And I went out there, and I was just lights out. Um, I was even on the front, just playing, like, very steady golf. Um, and still, I mean, I actually, I was crazy. I blew up on the back and I still ended up shooting a 76, which is, I think the best I've shot. It's either, no, no, I've, I've shot a 75 before. Um, actually at bear trap at bear trap dunes. Oh, what a great place. Yeah. I went out there and just lit it up. It was like a little wet actually. And just like, I don't know what it is. It's a little misty in the air. You, you don't, Parks you don't have a good play. day. I'm, I'm ready to. I'm like, it, and I can sense when other people are like, "Oh no, like is this gonna get worse?" And I'm just like, "I hope so." But <laughs> let it rain. Because I, I smell blood right now. Uh, but yeah, so like I've you know I've I've shot a I've shot a 75 and then I think 276. But I shot a 76 last week, and this is with like bogey, 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 double bogey with birdie's book ending so it was like i'm right there you know like 74 73 is like in it's in reach um but then you just yeah like you said you have this completely unrealistic expectation that like you're gonna go back to that same course mm -hmm. and just shoot again like the best score you've ever shot like yeah maybe if you really dial it in and focus but you know you're not focused and and it's and it's it's cool like it it gives you it gives me like it really makes me like obviously the pros are unbelievable and the conditions they play in are unrealistic and the lengths they play in are just unfathomable but to see those guys go out and like you know they might shoot like a 74 the first day and they're just like they must be demoralized <laughs> you know like yeah that's, they're probably just like jesus like what am i like uh, five what, handicap what, why yeah. do why do i come out here with these guys again like i'm trash yeah, yeah, exactly and like and meanwhile like that person is like xander shoffley and then he goes up the next day and shoots like a 63 and then they follow it up with like two more good rounds just like the mental like you know it's like i was saying like we all have it in us athletically but to have like that mental fortitude is just like it's something that i think you know, that's, that's why the game is so attractive is because, you know, you play one course one day, it's a completely different course the next day. And like, you can't just say, Oh, well, yesterday I, it's like, no, like yesterday's over. Oh, that's <laughs> the worst. Well, yeah, I did this I yesterday. How well you hit this tee shot yesterday. Oh. Today is today, and you have to deal with what you're doing today. The amount of times and, I've played in like a, a two day tournament, and I step up to like a tee box, and I'm like, "Well, just do the same thing you did yesterday. This is easy, you know." And nothing ever goes anywhere close to the way it did the day before. You know, it, it's 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 kind of mind blowing, in all honesty, that like two different rounds on the same course from the right. same tee boxes can go so like catastrophically different. <laughs> diabolically different 
my god it's it is it's actually incredible yeah it's i think that's like you know when it when it comes down to it like that's almost like the next part of my game it's crazy to say like i because i don't i have a good swing i have a good foundation for a swing but there's some things that i don't do very well but i feel like where my game's at right now the next step is for me to go out and block out yesterday block out my last round not worry about the next hole because I'm scared I'm going to like hit it into the water on whatever it is. Just hitting this shot as best as I can. And, Absolutely. And, and, and eliminating the bad miss, right? Like that's, that's really like what it comes like, down to. And it, it, if badness. that were so easy, we, t- I mean, so many people talk about it and it's like, yeah, just eliminate the bad miss and you'll, yeah. you'll play good golf. It is like, yeah. all right, if I could bottle up that like mantra, and actually do it more set times than not, it would be sure. such an easy game. But then I don't think the yeah. game would be as attractive if, if it were that easy to, to bottle that up, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, you got to let, let that tiger loose every once in a while. Like, got to pull the driver every once in a while when you know you shouldn't. And because that, that's why we ultimately go out there, right? It's the risk-reward. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, man. No, I, well, hey. I, I absolutely I um I I I don't want to keep you up too late. I know we've uh, we've been going for a little while, and I've absolutely enjoyed every bit of it. So I want to thank you again for taking the time out this evening, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. I read on the I read on the your guys' site for the first dot org. Uh, you guys are actually starting up here at the end of June again with uh, some scheduling, I believe, if that's correct. Um, what, yeah, what are you guys we, looking to do as far as uh, you know? Where can people sign up for some up and coming events with the first tee of Baltimore? Oh, sure. Yeah. So our, you know, if, if you're looking to register uh, your kids, it's just first year Baltimore. If you Google first year Baltimore, um, you know, summer registrations open. Um, we've, you know, like I said, we kind of opened up our facilities um, the past few weeks, uh, just kind of getting kids back in the routine of coming out. Um, and then we're going to start our official programming the second week of July after the fourth and, and kind of go through the end of August and then just kind of go from there. Um, you know, unfortunately we had our, our spring canceled, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have that going. Uh, we have our Metro tour going, we have caddy, caddy program. Um, so we're, we'll be in the full swing and I'll, I'll be a pretty busy man over the next few weeks. Um, you know, upcoming months. Um, and you know, we'll kind of, kind of feel out the fall. Um, you know, while we kind of got, knocked off track. And I think you said this earlier, like now is actually before we went on, like now is the time, you know, where I think our program is going to take off. Like parents are not going to want their kids on wrestling mats in pools, um, you know, playing sports that involve, uh, you know, people touching each other and stuff. And, and, um, and I think golf is, is hopefully going to make a big Renaissance in these next few years um both with some of this covid stuff and and hopefully uh you know bring people together and um and this is just another like awesome example of why i love my job and i love golf um and i appreciate you guys having me on um it's 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 really been a pleasure and and uh i hope to hope to be back and uh maybe before that we'll have to get out there and play a little bit 
Yeah, man. I know, like you said, you're going to be a busy man here the coming, coming few weeks as, as things take a full swing in the, in the positive direction for you guys. And, and, you know, you guys will have kids uh, in the full swing of things for the summer and uh, you know, just excited to see that happen for you guys and excited to follow along um, and, and, you know, see how that goes, but we definitely need to get out in the course and, and get some golf of our own in, whether it's a, a trip into Baltimore for us, that's only about an hour for me. Um, so it's definitely not too bad to, to swing up and, and, you know, I haven't played any of, uh, any of those munis in Baltimore. So I think that, uh, that might need okay. to happen. Yeah. Maybe hit a muni and then maybe hit something, uh, something else outside, maybe in the County or something. There's, we have, you know, there's some really good, good courses in the County as well. Um, you know, there's there's Bully Rock, uh, which is just 45 minutes outside Baltimore. That's a Pete Dye. Um, you know, I'm sure you know the Frederick area pretty well, um, yeah. also. But yeah, I'm I'm always always down to make a little drive, and and like I said, I got a flexible schedule, so we can. I do can have a fan favorite. Uh, Clusters so, Fires is uh, just just oh, an absolute sure. treat for me anytime. I played a few tournaments there, and I needed to get you back, know. so put it on the list. Underrated. Love it. I'll go and say it. Under it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, man. Well, Parker, thank you so much again, man. Pleasure. Yes, absolutely. And uh, guys, please go check out the first tee, Baltimore.org. They're doing some phenomenal things there, whether it's the caddy program, the youth programs they got going on, um, just everything you guys have going on up there. It's been fun to kind of, I, I, I wouldn't say watch Bud because it's already been, you know, in place, at, you know, before you took over. But it, it's exciting to see the aspirations that you have and, and are already putting in place because it's obviously working. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what's in store for you guys in the future. So, uh, guys, go check them out. First Tee Baltimore. And that's Parker Bratton, guys. So thank you so much. And uh, as always, guys, get out there, carry your clubs and enjoy the walk. All right, guys, as you heard, that was the uh, wrap up of our part two to the interview with Parker. And, you know, guys, I think it just uh, it, it goes to show how I think how much we can change in this world through just the game of golf and a little white ball. Um, it was really, really a great time to talk with him and just kind of hear his perspective on what he's, you know, kind of seeing uh, with working with the entire city of Baltimore, uh, Baltimore kind of is just always that city that's known for, especially, you know, with these times we're going through right now, higher racial tensions than most, uh, cities in America. So, uh, just was really, really, uh, you know, blessed to be able to sit down and, and talk with that with him. But, uh, moving forward, we've got, we've got our own golf stuff to talk about Dante. We've had a lot going a on lot. behind the scenes. Uh, you and your club championship. Uh, I took a, trip up to Atlantic City Country Club to play a little practice round for the Barstow Classic. I played with the Barstow Classic guys, Rocco and Hoffy. So shout out to those guys um, on a beautiful day out there. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, and we've also got, uh, you know, we've kind of peeped it on our Instagram, but we've got those Tyler's golf bags coming in. We're going to have one for auction, guys. So be on the lookout for that sometime towards the end of next week. We'll have them in hand. We'll do a few full review. And then we'll get him out in the course. So, so much to talk about, Dante. I'm pumped, man. Your club championship, man. Take us through the the the, the dirty. Take us through the uh, the you know start to finish out there in uh, at Running Deer. Uh, it was two hot, grueling days. I mean, yo, you know it sucks. What's the worst? Obviously, yo, shout out to A Phil. A Phil, listen. You would have been frustrated playing in this 
it was 85 to 90 degrees, 100 percent humidity. I mean, it was so steamy, dude. I was I was so frustrated, but I powered through it. I just kept buying bottles of water and just pouring them on my head. Walked because I wanted to focus, but it was uh, it was fun. Uh, I thought I played a lot better than the way I scored, but it was a grind. I'll tell you what, when Sunday afternoon came, I came home, showered up. I pretty much went right to bed. Yeah, it that was, heat uh, that heat takes it out of you, dude, no matter no matter what Look, kind of event you're doing, but especially walking a hundred percent of your rounds, which was thirty it was a thirty six hole event, right? Two eighteen holes. Yeah, two days. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, eighteen and eighteen. And the way they did it, so they go they had the women's division. And then Saturday, they started the early times from Chant all the way down to D. And then Sunday, they flipped it. And then, you know, the championship flight <laughs> came in because, you know, champion of the of the course, you know, is going to walk off 100%. hoping to win, right? With, they win a parking spot with their, with their name on it. So that's kind of cool, right? Front and center. So you're always playing for that spot. But. It was it was a grind, you know. The, it was crazy. It was the uh, it's the first day, you know. I was coming off playing. So actually, I played thirty six Friday. I played Wednesday. Let's go back that week. I played that weekend. I played that Monday. Took off Tuesday. Played that Wednesday. Was supposed to play in a game Thursday, but it rained and we called it quits. I mean, it was so much rain that they actually closed the course. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to make it up. So I played, played with my dad in the morning. And then our, our, uh, our blue group, our better guys player, they play Friday game from the tips. Uh, they call it Black Friday, the Black Tees. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to play with them as well. So I was there from probably about 8.30 to about 8.30 at night roughly it was a it was a long day um but it was a lot of fun and i actually like you know i was telling you i've been struggling with my game so much that i think i've been playing too much golf mm-hmm. and i said screw it i was like you know what i'm gonna go out and have some fun and just forget about everything and dude i kind of like felt like i turned my game around and and here's the thing and i'll get into why it's so frustrating so normally at any other club with members they have a club championship the champion flight plays all the way back the a flight usually plays the blues which is his next uh t set uh in front of the tips blue whatever color what one forward from the tips there you go and the rest they play like the white t's middle t's whatever the hell you want to call them b the b flight on down for weeks they've been saying champ flights the tips a flights the blues because it goes black, blues, mm-hmm. whites, yellows, reds at my course, right? So, and then B flight, white, and down, whites. All right, cool. So I've been prepping my game from the blues. I was like, you know, it'd be great to play with the uh, the Friday game because they're pl- they play the tips all the time on the Friday game. So I said, let's play the tips. You know, kind of give myself, uh, when I move one forward up, I'm like, ah, this is like a chip and putt. Turns out, like, the day of, they're like, nah, the – championship flights playing the black tees but it's technically a black blue combo and everybody was playing from the whites i just looked at him i was like you guys are assholes 
I was what like, a weird what a weird way to set that up because I always feel like and and I've seen this happen in the past too at different courses where for some reason even the championship flight they don't play it all the way back and I'm like <clears throat> that's the that's the whole point of a club championship is to tip it out as far as it can go and make it tough let the rough grow for a couple of days in advance really get the greens going mm-hmm. and let the let the best player play it from all the way back the farthest longest test possible. So yeah. I never get why people start mixing stuff for championships. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It blows my mind. I'd love to hear those who run the operations explain to me why. Now I know a lot of some of these guys usually that are in these flights, uh, so you can always opt into a higher flight of your choice. Uh, so I know a lot of the blue girl guys have higher handicaps, which they would actually fall in lower flights. But mm-hmm. they say screw it, they want to play with their friends that. A lot of their friends are better handicapped, so they play in the championship flight because those are the guys they know. And they kind of do it based off of participants and handicap indexes. So, you know, I can I can see maybe them doing like a, a black tee, blue tee combo mm-hmm. for the champ flight. And, it, and even like the A flight doing maybe a blue, blue-white combo and then everybody, but I mean, you these guys know how to play, like test them. Like test them. That's the game. That's the name of golf. It's a, yep. it's a test, right? You test your your ability to move the ball around the course and try and score as low as possible. So that was my only gripe, besides the heat or the humidity. I wouldn't say heat. I would say humidity. Now who um now who out of that champion championship flight uh, took home the uh, the trophy this year? Did did uh did old Andy K get to keep his spot or or is he uh is he pulling that name off that sticker? That name is coming right down that uh, off of that little sticker. His name's ripped right off. Uh, the guy who actually won, he's he's pretty much uh, his name's Joe Russo. Uh, shout out to him. Guy can play. He's a he's a hell of a player. Older guy, hell of a player around the area for like the South Jersey area. He's always played and competed. He went uh, two over through the weekend. 73-73. So I mean, That's give solid. credit where solid you got to give right credit there. where credit is due. So Absolutely. he uh, he crushed it. It was funny because uh, the first day, you know, Andy Andy had two back to back doubles, and so did I. And we were talking about. It. I was like, yeah, after I screwed up, I threw in the towel. So I get to the fifth hole, put it in the drink, par three, double, get to the next hole, kind of basically. Sh- I tried to pull iron because I like wasn't con- like. The way that the tees are, you can you can hit like a driving iron or like hybrid or whatever mm-hmm. to where you know the six hole. There's just two oh, stupid yeah. bunkers up there. It's like a little uphill par four, and then it's like those bunkers just get in the way. So I was like, let me just put it to the widest part of the fairway or just short of those bunkers. So I tried to take like a three iron off the tee and just get it up there because I'll still have and I think where the pin was, it was actually front. So it still gave me maybe like 150, 160 out which is fine. So I take, I shanked the three iron off the tee. Don't know what happened. And then ended up doubling that dude. I was so pissed. I threw in the towel that, that day or like for the, for the week, for the weekend. I said, I'm out, screw it. So I go, uh, I make the turn. All right. So I'm trying to grind back. I end up burning the ninth hole. I go to the snack shack. I was like, give me a double shot transfusion. I drank that before I teed off 10 Teed off 10, made birdie on 10, made two two birdies again throughout the uh, 
the hole or throughout the back nine, proceeded to bogey the following hole after that, and then bogey the 18th hole for one over. So that transfusion was the it was the magic elixir, man. The swing I, I guess. Well, I had another one as like the cart chick was coming, the cart, um, the beverage cart was coming around. Well, I tell you what, um, we'll get into it a little bit later then. Uh, but the the transfusions were flowing with the barstool boys as well when we were up in Atlantic City, and oh man, fortunately, um, it wasn't a swing elixir for me. We no. got, but uh, yeah, man. So now it's cool to hear uh, that was uh, kind of the the remedy for you on that on that first round. Yeah. And then I came, so when I came in, I shot 79 after that, went 42-37. I was like, find out I'm only three shots back. I'm like, holy soaks, I'm in this. Six holes in, I threw in the towel. I said, screw it, come back around at the end of the day. I'm, uh, yeah, three shots back. So I'm going in, get paired like the next day. We teed off at 11-10. And both days before everybody teed off, it downpoured for like 30 minutes. So the humidity just kicked up even more. Yeah. So I'm trying to fight the heat. I'm trying to fight the humidity. I'm going out there trying to grind because I know I actually have a chance. At first, I thought I was out of it. So I ended up shooting – I shot 80. Again, I had two doubles, one on the front, one on the back, and I just couldn't make a birdie putt. And There's just, something to be said, man, about like on that first day when you came in and thought you were just completely out of it. And like – to be right in the mix, it, it, there's always an amazing feeling in golf and I'm sure other sports too, where you just feel like you couldn't have played worse. And then yet here you are sitting at it on like day two with a shot to win it. it I, I always love that. Cause that's, what's so special about golf is like most tournaments are foursomes, sometimes threesomes, you know, they'll send off threesomes, but you know, you just don't know. And especially these little, little tournaments, you know, like the club championships and stuff, there's no like leaderboards out on the, out on the course or everything. So you just don't know. So like, it's such a shot in the dark. Like you can feel like you're absolutely blowing up. And then all of a sudden you're sitting third place, like with a chance to win it the next day. That's what's so cool about golf. That's the, but I also like the, I know a lot of tournaments where you go to like state stuff and whatnot. They Mm -hmm. ask like one person to designate and put up a live leaderboard and put the scores in. So everybody kind of can figure out where they're at. Nah, I like the old school (laughs) method pen and paper and you find out at the end of the round you hang out that's another thing part you know everybody you know with COVID everybody's like socially distancing and what not but we had this like outdoor area around where the the scores were being posted and it's by the snack shack and whatnot so we're all just hanging out you know what I mean absolutely you know and that's that's the that's the main part of it it's it's for the camaraderie and you get to play with different members that you don't normally play with and you're out you're competing against each other and then you meet new people at the end of the day that's what it's all about so you're out there you're talking about your round you're going through like your shots you you're having having shots you're you're drinking beers you're eating food like you name it you're having fun like that's the, that's the whole 100 percent. Right? that's the best part about those club championships or really any club tournament for that matter it's just if you get a good like interaction between the, the membership you you get a lot of people out for these events and to play and like you just said not only just to play but there's probably half the guys that never had a chance in the first place but just wanted to get some like good tournament golf atmosphere and hang mm-hmm. out with the guys after the round and have the beers, have the cigars. Mostly yep. a lot of those club championships, you know, guys are just ripping through cigars after rounds. And it's just kind of that, like, that awesome mentality of like, hey, we're, we're playing tournament golf at our course. Like, this, this is our course. This is our membership. And, you know, what, we're having a damn good time with it. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, like, you're waiting for people to come in and see, what did you shoot? 
ah, and then you're sitting there. Yeah. What's the score? What's the score? Where do I stand? And then you come and find out that you're actually only a couple of shots back. That gets you back in. And you're like, yeah, I'm pumped. You get that momentum going like off the course and you can't wait to go home, get some rest, rest up, come back and do it again and actually try and compete. Because sometimes guys just don't even show up for the second day if they're mm-hmm. completely out of it. Or they don't even, they show up, but they just go through the motions just to get it over with. And, but when you come in and you get that, you know, that surprise that, Hey, you're actually in it kind of totally changes the momentum with, for you to where you're like, wow, I'm legit going to go out tomorrow. I got a shot and I'm going to grind this one out. And that's what it made so much fun because I played much better just like overall. Granted, I cut, I mean, I had a couple of bogey, I had two doubles on each side, and then two random, bo- basically two bogeys throughout on each side. So I had four, three holes that were over par. The rest, the rest were pars. So I was there. I was just missing birdie putts. Like I had opportunities. You take those four, whatever, those th- four doubles, but just those four doubles. If I was able to like somehow make par out of that, I would have won. Would have won by one shot. But you know, I mean, you can't can't go back and think uh, really dwell on it but you just think like it's that's what golf is it's there's little that's why golf is so tantalizing because every round even if you win you can go back and say well i i i, I won and i could have won by five instead of two you know like yep. you go back and it, it's just that's what's so amazing about this game and just keeps so many people coming back for more is it's impossible to be perfect like even if you hit like all great shots throughout the day and hit all 18 greens in regulation there's some out there that you're like, well, like even though I hit the green, I should have been five feet, not 20 feet, or I should have been, you know, this close, not that close. And it's just, there's always ways to go back and pick a part of golf round. And that's, what's so maddening about it. But that's just, that's, what's so great about it too, is there's always room for improvement somewhere, somehow. Yeah. And then the, probably my favorite part of it was I decided, yo, cause at first I didn't know what tees we were playing. said, a flight got I, re, I called the shop and said yo give me all the emails to the a flight guys send an email anybody interested in a skins game saturday and sunday 10 bucks each day one person everybody but one person said they were in then come to find out that we were playing the same tees as the b flight and the rest of the like you know the c and d flights everybody all the way down i offered it to the b flight and everybody in the B flight got into it. Oh, so I kept yeah. it I kept it A, B only because our handicaps are relatively close. Right. C, D, it probably, based on handicaps and how they played, it probably would have been, you know, those guys are shooting 85 plus, right? So if they get lucky to get a birdie. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like it was fair for like a C and a D player to go up against an A player mm-hmm. um, based on like your handicap. I did not feel that. So I kept it A, B. Everybody was in it, dude. Money was flowing. It was insane. Four skin, five skins went out. There was probably what fifty people, I think, got in it, roughly. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Like thirty, people. like thirty people. What, 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 what were those skins going for at the end of the day? All right, so it was what two sixty the first day, two eighty the set Sunday overall. Each total, skin, like no total. Pot, pot money. Okay, okay. Five skins one Saturday. So they took 52 bucks a piece. 
three skins held Sunday. Those guys took out of 90 both flights. Out of both flights. Wow. There were so many birdies. I wish I had the card. It was insane. I think five or six holes did not have a birdie on it. So two-thirds of the course had a birdie. One guy had that. an eagle. Well, you, it's Dude. just like we're throwing it back to uh, Janela's skins match, man. Play, play for birdie or pick up. Yeah. I mean, and that's a cool thing, too. That, that's another, like, aspect of bringing the community together and, like, of your membership and, you know, the camaraderie is you're also giving the guys who are completely out of it a shot to win something. Mm-hmm. So they can still go out the next day like, you know what, I may not win the title of flight champion, but I can go out and make some money. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to play and I'm going to try. I'm going to give it everything I had. And if I have a bad hole, whatever, I'll, I'll X on the day and I'll just, I'll just go for birdies. <laughs> I love that. So. That's that, you know, there's something to be said about that too. It's like, I wonder if we like played like that all the time, what, what our scores would be if we were just ru- trying to run in birdies, like would it help us or would it get us in trouble more times than not? I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be posting scores because I'd have too many X's on the card and I'd just be going for birdies, but yeah, you would, I would be way more aggressive. I'd be pulling more drivers off the tee than on holes that I wouldn't. Um, and I would just be flag hunting like crazy. So maybe in the long run, it might help your game. Uh, because when you have to take that aggressive shot, you're going to be very mm-hmm. comfortable with it. Cause a lot of people, you know, all right. So you put yourself on a par three where the pin is tucked or it's like way up front or it's right next to like water you know, in a, in a tournament round where the, the final score counts, you're most likely, and if you're not comfortable and you don't really have much room to play with on the par three, what are you going to do? You're going to aim for the middle of the green two putt your par and get the hell out of there. And when there is a birdie hole opportunity based on pin location, then you'll attack it. So if you're saying, if, Hey, you're coming down in like a match play or something and you actually, or you're in like a playoff or something where, you know, you need to, be more aggressive that confidence and and just being more comfortable with it you're going to take you're going to pull that shot off oh a hundred percent and it, it, it's just fo- cool to see like to sometimes even play those games between yourself on just like not a tournament round too and just like mm-hmm. say you know what it doesn't mean anything right now so let's let's try and like push the limits of what the game what my game has to you know maybe maybe produce and and sometimes you you, you learn stuff that way of, of yourself and of your own game to be like oh well uh, well crap i'm gonna i'm gonna put that play in the bag like i can carry it so far or i can cut this corner and all right let's let's remember that for a little way down the road yeah i agree or instead of uh if you're on a par five instead of taking an hour or an iron out and laying up but you can kind of go for it you're gonna go for it the next time it's really funny you say that because there's just one there's just one hole on uh glenn riddle that uh i've always just hit iron on because everyone told me like oh it's not a smart play to hit driver because it really pinches and then this like little creek goes across and then so like it but it opens up like way out there but i always thought it was so far out there but in my last match play match i was already like five up at that point so i was like i saw one other guy hit driver one time and it just seemed like it didn't like he didn't hit it as far as I did and he, he played it well. So I was like, I'm going to give it a go. I'm five up. I got nothing to lose here. And so I hit driver and it completely changed the way. Cause I missed it. And I still carried, like I still hit the carry and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, man, if I miss it and can make that shot, imagine what I do when I hit it. So it's like little things like that, where 
sometimes you just got to test it. You got to go for it. And in times that it doesn't count when you're, you know, when the tournament's not on the line or something like that. And honestly, you know, I think a lot of the problems people don't necessarily feel comfortable or confident that they're going to, they want to take that shot mm-hmm. is because most of the time everybody's working, you know, their jobs Monday through Friday. So they're not, not necessarily out there playing. And then they go and they play weekend matches or they play weekend games to where it counts. So oh, sure. they take a more conservative thing. So I feel more people need to go out there and, you know, just take that round, throw the scorecard away and just take a couple practice shots out there and do things that you normally wouldn't do. I, I feel that will make you s- such a better golfer down the road. Uh, I honestly believe that. So anyone out there, I know the I know the money weekend games are fun, but maybe to get that nice afternoon round, chill during the day, go out, play, bring a couple balls, and try a couple shots. One hundred percent, and and that's what uh, it's just more fun that way, man. Just just try it and take a take a small bucket of balls with you, you know, put the, in your bag and and try it try it a couple times, you know, try it till you try it till you pull it off just for the yeah. fun of it. You know, until you start, until you make like five or six pars in a row, and then yeah. you start writing your score. Then you go after nine, you go grab a scorecard, and you're like, "All right, what did I get on the first two holes?" And then now you're like grinding out to see what you can score. Ah. I've done that plenty of times, but there's there's a give or take with how much how serious you take it to. Sometimes you just got to drop the scorecard down and say to hell with it, and I'll just I'll play for the fun of it, just for the fun of hitting shots. You know? I agree. I agree. But all yeah. in all, I mean, club championship weekend, it was. It's a good weekend besides the humidity and the rain for a little bit. Boy, I tell you what, between you and uh, and Andy K, it uh, makes it tough to makes it tough to defend. It makes you know, uh, yeah. makes you realize how these guys on tour go out and defend, and how Brooksy did it for the U.S. Open and the PGA. Like how crazy defending that is. Like let alone a club championship. Like that's it's a pretty impressive stuff. Anytime anyone can defend from one year to the next, it's hard to do. Even on the even on your club member, your membership, you know, you got people saying, Oh, you gotta, you gotta defend your title. It's uh, put some pressure on you, you know, a little extra 100%. nerves. It's, it's tough. It. it is tough to do. Um, there's guys who can go out and do it more power to you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, speaking of guys who are looking to repeat uh, the, the Barstool classic boys looking to go back to back first one. And then second one, uh, and they're in our qualifier again. Now, uh, you know, we've talked about it. They have kind of a free pass as long as they don't finish dead last uh, in the local qualifier out to Pinehurst this year. But uh, we got out with them, boys. Uh, I took Steve and myself up to Atlantic City. We played Atlantic City Country Club on a just absolute gorgeous day. Uh, the transfusions were flowing early. The first time we saw the cart girl, uh, it was four double, double transfusions on the rocks. <laughs> ready to roll in classic, uh, I feel like in typical Barstool fashion uh, with their, you know, advocation for the transfusions lately. But uh, it was fun out there, man. Atlantic City, I didn't realize, has so much history behind it. Like that yeah. course is one of the kind of when, – when United States golf was first, like making the turn of the century, and you had like the John McDermott, who was the head pro there. He won the U.S. Open at 19 and then won it again at 20. Um, he's got like seven aces on that course, just that course alone. Um, they had, they had women's U S opens there. They had like U S amateurs there. They had all like the most historic events at Atlantic city country club through the years. That's insane. That, and that's what I like about 
these types of courses is the history. Like when you think of like Augusta and, you know, Pebble Beach and even so much like older, like Marion, just the people that walked the same grounds, if you ever get the chance to go on those courses. <laughs> I know you got on Pebble, but like when you step on those types of courses that have, like I played a course, Berkshire Country Club, right? Not too long ago in a tournament. Sure. On the card and on their t- uh, on the T markers, eighteen ninety nine. The course was was built. I love eighteen ninety nine. So that's kind of cool. And like one of the members that was there, he said he's been there. He's an older gentleman. He's there for fifty seven. He's been a member since nineteen fifty seven. Wow, it's insane. Well, that's the way in uh, Atlantic City Country Club was built in eighteen ninety seven. Um, since then, it's just been. It was crazy to walk through it, man, because you walk through the front door and the pro shop's not like right in the parking lot. You walk through the front door and you have to go through the men's locker room to get to the men's or women's locker room to get to Atlantic City Country Club's like pro shop. Okay. And when you open the door into this men's room, into this locker room, it screams 1897. Everything like is is still almost original. There's like an old pool table, the old leather seats. There's a, a shoe cleaning room. You know, like it just it screams vintage. It screams old and it screams historic. They've got all kinds of uh, like pictures hanging up there of Bobby Jones, of like I said, John McDermott. Uh, it's just it's so cool, man, to to see courses like that. And when you do get the you know the opportunity to play something with that much history that's been around for that long. Um, to kind of just like take a minute, like Steve and I walked around, you know, just kind of looked at all of the uh, locker rooms, just, you know, took it all in because it's, it was really cool. Now, I think a lot of people might know this, a lot of people might not, but there's a rock out there sitting on by the pro shop that says this was the place that the, like the term birdie was coined. Like they, they started the word birdie. Really? In 1903. So interesting. I, I, I'm not a skeptic. But I'm a skeptic <laughs> that they're just claiming we started the term birdie. Yeah. Like maybe. Okay. But I feel like, and maybe, maybe it is. And it's just, maybe everyone's accepted it. I don't know, but I feel like the, the term birdie while wow, Atlantic city country club. All right, guys, I'll give it to you. I feel like it had to have been somewhere else, but maybe not. And if so, how cool was that, that, you know, the term birdie was also originated out of Atlantic City Country Club too. That's insane. But another th- part of it, I, I need to get down there, even though I'm like 45 minutes, I haven't been down there yet. How was the course? The course, man, was impressive. It's from all the way back. Um, it makes you hit golf shots. It makes you hit golf shots off the tee. It makes you hit golf shots into the greens because the greens are, are, are undulated and uh, sometimes pretty large too. So you got to be in the right spots of the greens. Um, it's going to be a good test for this Barstool Classic, man. It's, it's going to show the, the, the true players are going to get through. There's going to be no, you know, I don't think discrepancies as far as, you know, people are going to struggle if they can't hit it off the tee well. And um, not even that, like you have to know, you can't just like bomb it down the fairway either. There's, precise like there's bunkers that make you hit irons off tees or think about hitting a driver there's a lot of position play it's not a long course i think it's only like 6700 yards but boy is it a, it's a par 72 and Ooh. so that it, there's only one par five each side 
Uh, and it's, it's a great course, man. I love playing it. Greens were in phenomenal shape. Uh, like I said, we got on a good day where the wind wasn't that bad. Uh, but I could see one, it's one of those courses that the back nine goes out onto the, you know, kind of marsh area there, the whole, you can see the whole skyline of Atlantic city, basically the entire time you're playing, which is really, really cool as well. Um, but it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited for it. You got to get out there and at least see it one time before our, for our, you know, true test with the, with the qualifier, but you're going to enjoy it. And I think everyone's going to enjoy it. I think that's what hurt us is the fact that we never played Philmont last year and we just really weren't on our a game that day yeah. and we really weren't that far off no so. and i tell you like it's funny because i went into it obviously blind it was the first time i'd ever played it uh, when we played last week but uh let me just tell you i lost probably like four or five strokes just not knowing the course and i think that's typical i, I feel like you know when you go into a course especially a course as challenges atlantic city you gotta you gotta know at least some tee shots and you gotta know where to play some things um but i'll tell you one guy who didn't struggle and it's kind of no surprise but uh rocco and hoffy those boys put on a clinic and i'm I'm putting this out here right now as a public service announcement um they are looking to defend and they plan on defending so you know public service announcement for all barstool classic uh participants if you get through your local qualifier uh Watch out. These boys are going to bring it down to Pinehurst. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're constantly playing, man. He's always posting some type of swing video and he's just ripping it down the fairway. So yeah, the, we got to get to the range, get some work in, man. That's uh that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I want to get that. I want to get out there so bad. It's just, uh, it's been difficult a little bit lately. Plus, you know, when you have your, when you have a membership too, it's tough playing um, expensive courses. Like, do I really want to throw money down to mm-hmm. play a course that I already pay for? So, but no, I'll make sure I get out there. Hopefully, I can play, um, get the get a feel for the course, see, see where I need to play shots and all that. So, that's awesome, man. Excited for you. Excited for what we got coming on Absolutely. down the road. That's it's gonna, gonna be, be that's a couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're gonna be sporting our Tyler's golf bags out there. Like oh, we said, can't uh, wait for them. You know, beginning of the show here. Uh, we have one of them up for auction. So if you guys want a custom, it's going to be Navy blue and white. We posted a picture of it a few weeks ago and we'll post another one with this episode, Navy blue and white with the kind of classic looking Brown leather. Um, it's going to be a good bag. I'm excited. Uh, Tyler's golf bags is kind of just, I think I feel like boomed since we had them on the podcast. They've, uh, they've done bags now for Owens, Owens mixers and barstool for their transfusion release. Um, there, it seems like they're all across the country already. And it's exciting. He has one. Yeah, it, it's exciting to see him growing so freaking fast, uh, and we're just happy to be a part of it and support uh, you know his mission of making the ultimate Sunday carry bag. Yeah, can't wait to throw that on my shoulder. My uh, my stand bag's a little too bulky for my liking. So, and you can fit fit all fourteen clubs. So, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm pumped to see it and pumped to have it in my hands and. Uh, you know, get it out there and sport it around at the Barstool Classic, uh, where we will be walking. They, they, you know, they said uh, it's walking's encouraged, and and that's one of the other things I wanted to put out there too. The Atlantic City Country Club might be the perfect walkers course. It's flatter than flat. I mean, you know, little really? hill here, little hill there, uh, slight undulation on like one or two of the holes as like an uphill or downhill shot. But other than that, really flat. Great course to walk. Everything's right next to each other you know, old style course. So tee boxes are right beside the greens. There's no like 
85 minute walk to the next tee or anything like that. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. It's going to be a good, a lot of, a lot of good stuff coming up here in the next couple of weeks with golf. Um, not only Barstow classic for us, I have uh, the ocean city member guest coming up next weekend. Uh, I'm pumped for that. We're going to be Travis Matthews is going to be there live with their tailgate truck on Thursday night, Damn. Uh, little tailgate party on Thursday. And then the, the real business begins four matches a day. So 36 a day, Saturday or Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then at the end of the day, Saturday is the ultimate. If you win your flight, you get put in the championship. So I think there's five flights and then it's all, it's five groups all in one hole, alternate shot to win it all. Uh, we missed out on it by a half a stroke last year. I'm doing, I'm on the, uh, dang, I'm on the wait list. Uh, Paul, our buddy, our buddy Paul from, uh, from Marywood. He's up at Glenmore. We're on the wait list for his. And that's actually that Friday, Saturday, Sunday before their bar, the Barstow Classic. So that's going to be, if we get into that, I'm going to have four grueling days of golf. But that's the same thing. You play, actually, I think the format's different this year because he told me it's actually stroke, it's better ball. Set Friday. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully we get in. Um, but I think we're going to make like a nice little weekend out of that. Who's your partner for yours? My partner's uh, Colin McComber. So we played in it last year together and uh, nice. he, he invited me again this year. So really, uh, really freaking pumped to, to play this year. Like I said, we missed by half a stroke and um, I think it's because we had one too many orange crushes on the back nine of our last match. So, you know, it's a, it's a shame that they're flowing early and often down in ocean city. Uh, but I think we might have to play it a little smarter, drink less, win more money. But um, I'm excited, man. It should be a good time. And uh, as always, member guests are just a blast. So, uh, Absolutely. It sucks COVID ruin ours, but may, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So you're supposed to come up for that one. So hey, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what we'll happens. Get it. And yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get we'll, it. We'll make the best of it, you know? Hell yeah. So Hell pump, yeah. man. And uh, excited to see the next few weeks have in store. It's a lot of good golf. A lot of good golf. A lot of grinds. Some grind grinding rounds coming up. I can't wait. Those are the you're best. Gonna have to, you're gonna have to use that. Uh, you're gonna have to use that Colby Wallace mentality to get through the next couple of weeks here. Clear, clear the mind. That's the name of the game. Awesome, Somehow. <laughs> well, guys, uh, as always, you guys know where to follow us at uh, at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us. Chop it up. Let us know how you're liking the episodes. Comment on our posts uh, and, and just see, you know. What we want to know what you guys are thinking of the the interviews we've been doing lately and the interviews uh, that you'd like to see you know down the line. So shoot us a DM or just you know I, like I said, interact with us. Let us know who you want to see on the pod next. And as always, guys, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com for all of our latest merch releases, hats, uh, golf tees, anything of the such. Dante's rocking that sandbagger hat, and I'm walking the golf, the game of life, the game of golf hat right now. So. Guys, check that out on our YouTube page as well. Uh, Enjoy the Walk podcast on YouTube. You can see all of the people that you listen to every week. You can put a face to the voice and, you know, watch us chop it up uh, in, in real life on these Zoom calls. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, get out there, carry your clubs, enjoy the walk.
Sunshine.